Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, was anybody here last Wednesday when Pastor John spoke? He brings a great word, man. He really does. He's a good man of God. He loves people. He's involved in everything. <laughs> I love being around someone that I have to calm down instead of hype up. Jonathan, I'm always like, okay, bro, like take a break now. It's time to rest because he's involved. He just is. You ain't got to worry about him being lazy or not being involved. You got to, I, I say it again, as a coach, I think coach would agree with me. You'd rather have to have someone you got to calm down. Okay, great. Good job. Now settle down. Let's run the play. And I love that. Because, you know, the ones you're having to hype up all the time, they're falling asleep, they're bored, they don't know what they're doing. You say, oh, man, come on. Come on, I need you hyped up. So uh, I, know, I know John brought a great word last week. So we're Romans 12.3. The Apostle Paul says here, because of the privilege and authority God has given me. I want everybody to know in here that you are privileged and you've been given authority as well. Jesus said, he said all, fresh from the grave, he said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He also said in one place, I give you the keys to the kingdom. So you have the authority of Jesus when you use his name. So that makes you very privileged, right? You have his authority. You can pray for healing. You can pray in the blessing, all because of God's promises and what he said, all because of what Jesus did. So the Apostle Paul says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. That, that you really want to... Listen up here and check this out. When you're reading, you go, huh, warning. He says, don't think you are better than you really are. Now, did you notice that he's not saying you're not good? Well, people could take that wrong. Oh, he's saying that we just need to act like we're nothing. We're trash. No, he's just saying be balanced. You are great. You're great because of the one who lives in you, because of the blood of Jesus. But don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in what? Your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse, Micah, on the screen. That's great. Don't think you're better than you really are. One of the ways I stay balanced in that area is I give credit to whom credit is due. I don't steal credit from people. I've met people like that, and maybe they, they turned someone loose to do something, or they gave them the orders, or they're just... I don't know, maybe they were part of it or heard about it or thought about it, but they will take credit. And some of you have been irritated by some people who are like, you're taking credit for that and you didn't do it. You ever met people like that? Sure. I, I like to go overboard and give credit to anyone who did whatever because that's, that's not mine. So I don't steal credit from God and I don't steal credit from people. Okay? I have a great team. I don't do everything here. I don't. People say, well... You've made improvements here or there. I mean, down to the logo, I approved it. But I didn't do that, and I didn't do the legwork on it. Valeria did that a few years back. She worked with the guys from Lubbock who put our logo there. And many times I'm involved in stuff, but I'm not doing it all because I can't. All right? So I don't steal credit from God, and I don't steal credit from people, if at all possible. All right? That keeps me humble. That keeps me with balanced thinking. That helps me to be um, modest and moderate in my thinking. So don't think you are better than you really are. I like this right here. Be honest in what? Your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Let's hang, let's hang on there for a minute. So you ever looked in a mirror lately? 
You have a tendency in the mirror to suck it in? Who doesn't, right? I tighten my abs when I look in the mirror. Oh, wish it just looked like that all the time. You know, you just kind of, you get an angle. You know how we are with pictures now? I say, oh, let's take the picture again. That's a bad angle. It's giving me a double chin or it makes me look weird. I had a weird look on my face. I feel like people don't have bad pictures anymore. Do you remember those days where you just snap pictures and there were a lot of bad pictures? They were funny. You'd catch people moving weird. They're moving and they're going, they got a weird look on their face because they were in motion and you captured the picture. So that's weird. Now we go, oh, delete that. That looks terrible. Delete that. Let me turn this way. I look slimmer. Let me, let me. And it happens to me all the time. I'm not a good picture taker. My wife goes, okay, do this and do that. And did anyone see the second part of the big fat Greek wedding? Those late, those Greek ladies are weird. They were like, right before pictures, they'd say, grab my neck. And they'd pull their neck back. And it would make their, I guess it would make them look slimmer and just kind of give them a better picture that I'll pull my neck. Here's the good thing about a mirror. Scripture says in the book of James that a mirror, that's like God's word. And God's word is a mirror. Because you can assess yourself in the mirror of God's word, huh? It's hard to fake it with God's word. You go, well, do I line up with what God's word says? Because this says in your evaluation of yourselves, you got to measure yourselves by the faith God has given us. One translation says, by God's standard of faith or by his standard. Now, there's areas in me <laughs> that I know, I know I'm not just an immature person in general. I'm not just a selfish person in general. But I'm real honest with, with myself. I have areas of immaturity. All right? I have areas, I think, of selfishness that God is working on. <laughs> I think marriage can be a mirror like the word. You go, wow, okay, I need work in that area, if you're honest with yourself. Okay? So going back to the word, you got to measure yourself by the standard of faith, by the faith God has given us. Say, Am I measuring up to what God has commanded me to do right here? So, like I said in the book of James, God's word is a mirror. God's word is a sword. God's word is water. There's all these comparisons in the word. But the mirror of God's word says, here's how, here's how it needs to be. Um, this morning I looked at my, my hair in the mirror, not for long, because I knew I needed a haircut. And I thought, am I going to go pay $10 plus tip, which is not bad, to get balded? I'm going to tell you right now, it's 20 bucks and up now. And What's a regular haircut, bro? You guys that have hair, you get your haircut. How much does it cost? What's he? What? <laughs> Heavens. You, we've talked about, you got a beard. Adrian's got a beard. And he's got a lot of thick hair, so he pays 40 to 50. Guys, what do you guys pay? Yeah, is that accurate? 40 or 50 for a three-year-old? What did he have? Trenzas? Did he have braids you had to cut? Did you put in weave on? What? Oh my gosh. And ladies, 100 bucks plus, it can be, right? And here I am balking. I'm going, I found somebody who bald my head with clippers and it looks bald almost like I ra razored it. It's, I've even told her, I said, Mika, you want to go up? She said, no, it's $10. I'm like, golly, that's a great price. But then if I'm at home and it's early and I have time, I go, I'm going to get in the shower, I'm going to shave my head and I'm going to save 10 to $13, right? But here's my point. I looked in the mirror this morning. I went, mm, I need a haircut. I've been putting it off because I went on a road trip with Dad Brown from the East Coast, and I ate at Waffle House several times. Man, I got some pimples on my head. I was trying to hide them, but now it's just getting too long. I was going to have to start doing this with my hair. 
So I said, okay, I got to shave it this morning. Y'all saw me Sunday. I, just, I looked like the transporter. Just bald there and just, you know, that's okay. It's part of my look. I said, oh, I got to shave it. I got to shave it. But I knew that not only because I could feel it, but I looked in the mirror. God's word is a mirror. So let me read that whole verse again. Let's do Romans 12, 3 again. I want to read that again. Really get that down deep within ourselves. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, the apostle says, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Once again, he's not talking down to anybody. Think you're great. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, but through Christ, I can do all things. Praise God. So don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in the assessment of your weaknesses, your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, God's standard of faith. Measure yourself according to the word, okay? I don't, I don't have to measure myself by comparing myself to other people. Other people can be good examples, but ultimately I compare myself to God's word, okay? Is everybody still with me? Let's move on. I love this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. I'm going to stay on this verse a moment as well. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Now, that is interesting. Let's go to the beginning of that verse again, if you don't mind. Thank you. So I noticed over the years that I'm, well, hard, hard to not notice, but I'm flat-footed. Back in the day, I could, I could really jump. Man, we'd be in the gym playing basketball. I could jump and grab rim and all this, but I was landing on that concrete all these years on flat feet and all the other dumb stuff I did as a kid probably. And my back started to hurt. I'd do something and pull my back. And It's funny, though. I never thought about my lower back until it hurt. You all that way? You don't think about your head. Can you imagine you just walk around all day and go, man, my head feels great. I have no pain in my head. You don't really think of that unless you've had pain in your head before. I don't know if any of you have had migraines before. They're awful or whatever. You've had big headaches. But you notice, you really think about your head and where it's hurting when it's actually hurting. Right? I mean, you could try to do like the clown. Remember the clown back in the day in the cartoons? He had a headache, so he smashed his thumb with a hammer so he could forget about his headache. Problem with that is now you have a headache and a thumb ache. And here's the interesting thing about the body of Christ. When I hurt, you hurt. When you hurt, I hurt. <laughs> Spoke with a guy yesterday, and it was a, oh, it was a sad situation. Someone texted me and said, Pastor Matt, my friend's concerned about so-and-so. I knew them well. Said they're, they're struggling with substances, and they seem suicidal. Well, I'd seen the text because I'd been away from my phone over an hour, and then I also had a missed call from this person. So I called them, and, man, they, it broke my heart. Regardless of the decisions they've made or whatever, maybe because of the decisions they made, but regardless of all of that, I just thought, man, I just hurt because they're hurting. It broke my heart that they said, man, Pastor, it's over. I've, I've reached the end of my rope. This is it. This is it. Man, I could just feel God in me, and I just said, I almost said, it's not over until I say it's over. You know, I didn't, I didn't do that. But I said, this ain't it. This is not how you're going to go out. You surely are not going to take your life. No, you don't. You don't get to do that. I said, you're going to risk heaven or hell? I know you don't feel like you're in your right mind right now, but you don't get, you don't get to do that. You don't get to hurt everybody and do that. No, 
Here's what we got to do. And so we started an action plan. And it was amazing because they actually started to listen to me. But in that moment, I realized again the pertinence and significance of this verse of how bad I was hurting because they were hurting. Because they have come to know the Lord and they've made some poor choices. But man, it broke my heart. Even knowing, even knowing that maybe they didn't listen to me. More importantly, they didn't listen to God over the past couple years. And here they are now. And I just, I, oh, it just, it choked me up. But I said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to bind the devil off you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And they took some positive action steps and updated me along the way. And they're doing a little better today. And they're making some choices. This person's making some choices that are going to lead to a hopeful future. But I just said, hey, look, as your mind starts to clear up, you're going to see that there's hope. You're going to see that there's hope. Why did they matter so much to me? Why would they matter so much to you if you were part of the situation and you had been involved? Because just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, what? Each part has a special function. Let's finish the rest of that verse. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. See, I don't really need my finger. You may not right now, but there comes a point you're going to need this thumb again. Remember my grandpa, Senna? True contractor, at least old school contractors. I don't know if anyone's ever hung out with contractors. It's almost a rite of passage that you're missing a finger back in the day when you were a contractor. My grandpa Senna was missing his pinky, and he was doing a, what are those called, a joiner? So you run that board over the blade. Who knows back then, they didn't have guards on them. Now there's all these. And he lost his finger in that second and never found it. I don't know if it was shredded to pieces, and he couldn't play guitar anymore. Well, he noticed immediately that he was going to live a life, the rest of his life, without that pinky. My whole life, my grandpa Senna had no pinky. I don't even remember which hand it was. I'd look at it, and then I'd hear the stories of your grandpa Senna used to be able to play the guitar, but he can't because he don't have a pinky anymore. Wow. So it is with Christ's body. It, we hurt when someone's missing. We hurt when someone's left Jesus. We hurt when someone is not part of the gathering. Part of You say, man, well, uh, um, we'll just live without him. Yeah, well, we'll push forward, but we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. That is really powerful. Hmm. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. You ever spoken of someone, you said, man, they're gifted. Some of you have been watching soccer lately, maybe. Anybody into the World Cup in here? Anybody? Oh, oh really? Okay, cool. All right. Oh, really? You're just a sports, you're a sportswoman. Ms. Debbie just loves sports. She's an athlete. So, and you're, you're into soccer too? Did you raise your hand? You're like, no. Like, lacrosse is my sport. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she laughs because none of us watch lacrosse, right? You're like, what is lacrosse? I'm like, foosball or pinball, anything, right? No, but not lacrosse. Well, it's amazing to watch these soccer players, how talented and gifted they are. Man, some guys are fast. Some guys, man, can control the ball. Some guys are brilliant passers. Some guys are great strikers or scorers. Wow, I haven't watched much of it, but soccer was my first love in sports, believe it or not. Before we moved to Hobbs, and then you didn't have a choice. You're going to love basketball here. Fell in love with basketball here as a kid, as a 10-year-old. But I used to, soccer was my first sport. I used to love it. But I watched these guys, and they're gifted. And that's important, athletic ability. That's great. But even beyond that, there's other gifts that God gives us, okay? Let's talk about that. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, prophesying is proclaiming God's word. 
It doesn't necessarily mean you know the future. It means you are proclaiming things that could happen in the future. You're proclaiming something positive. You are speaking God's word. You are declaring. That's all prophesying is. And some people are better at that than others. There are many who are better at prophesying than me. There are many who are better speakers, public speakers than me. But if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as what? With as much faith as God has given you. And that's what I do. I speak as a man of God, and I speak hopefully to better your lives and to build faith in you. That's my calling in life. That is the top calling in my life, is to help people be right with God and to teach people and to equip them and to help them become mature in the faith. So if prophesying is it, great. Speaking is it, great. What about this? What's the next one? If your gift is serving others, serve them well. Now, you've heard me say this before, everybody's called to serve, but some are just better at it than others. They just are. There are those that are so gifted at serving that they know what you need before you know. You ever seen people like that? You're like, I feel like you read my mind. Oh, can I get that for you? What? I, what? I wasn't even thinking about that, but sure. And that has become a lost art in the hospitality industry in America, right? You want bad customer service? Come to Hobbs. Not everybody. Not everybody. There's some standouts at Walmart, right? I'm going to say Felicia's one of them because she's just gracious and kind and always willing to help. But you can go to Walmart and find some people who are like, mm, I'm busy right now. Same with Home Depot or anywhere else. Or Stripes. I walk in sometimes and people are listening to loud music on their phone and barely acknowledge me, chewing gum like a goat, like this. It's like something out of a movie. Yeah, what will it be for you, kid, you know? Like, what? on earth can i get like not even looking at you yeah and i tell people hey thank you and they're all no problem no problem i feel like we have a problem customer service is not what it was some just serve better than others some don't care you know the whole and i've said this before but it bears repeating because it makes me laugh maybe it'll make you laugh if you don't laugh that's okay because i'll be amused and that is i go to people and i go oh where's Let's just, let's just, where's the deodorant? I, I usually order deodorant from Amazon, but let's just, aluminum free though, by the way, just so you know, for the record. But I said, hey, where, let's just say, where's the deodorant? It's everything we have is on the shelf. I said, I know, but I can't find it. I can't find it on the shelf. Would you help me? I'm so sorry. I remember back in the day, there was a guy who worked here. He was a nut, but we were at Home Depot years ago and we walked up to ask for help. And they were so, Charlie Owen, he had one-liners for stuff. We walked up to get help, and they were, they were, they seemed irritated. It was like, and he, he did it so they'd hear him because he didn't care. He looked over at me, and he goes, uh, he, he'd always start a smart aleck comment with, uh. He'd go, uh, they don't want to be bothered right now, right in front of them. And I loved it. I, I looked at them, and they were like, uh, they felt kind of bad, but then, you know, whatever. Just strange not not serving man you're paid to serve dad brown tells me that he went to tractor supply in newburn north carolina recently within the last few weeks someone was called from the back to help him with a wheelbarrow and they came out with a funky attitude angry and irritated which one you want and all this and i guess dad brought it up dad brown said hey what's going on what's with the attitude you, you should you should have a better attitude. You know what the girl said? She said, they don't pay me enough to have a good attitude. Just like, what? 
Okay, that didn't, that didn't record on the audio, but that was me kicking someone. That, just so frustrating. Don't work in the service industry if you don't want to serve. Okay? If your gift is serving others, serve them well. But I, I, I think everyone's called to serve. Be gracious. Help. But just, you guys have met them, people that don't want to help with anything. You say they're lazy, they have a bad attitude, they weren't trained. I don't care why, but man, be gracious and help somebody, man. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Look at this. If you were a teacher, teach well. What does that mean? Do your best. Learn. I'm telling you, there's a lot, a lot of people out there that can teach the word better than me, but I do the best. I work to the best of my ability to get a point across. Teach the word. I've been, as a pastor, according to scripture, I have to have a, an ability to teach. So if I'm a teacher, I need to teach well. I need to do my best. I need to practice it. Well, I'm practicing right now, right? I pray. I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Come on, let's keep going. What else? If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. This is real simple. It's almost so simple you're going, uh, why is he saying it that way? Reminds me of my dad and my grandpa back in the day. My dad and his dad, they had, they'd have pieces of wisdom, especially Grandpa Senna. He'd say, hey, buddy, if you're going to do it, then do it. <laughs> okay. If you're not, then don't. Okay. What does that mean? In this, in this context, well, if your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If your gift is to smile a lot, I'm going to tell you right now, that's one of my, that's, that's one of your gifts. Sis, that's one of my gifts, just to smile. I have people, they'd look at me sometimes, I'm smiling. Why? I don't know. I'm having a hard time, but I'm smiling. It's just default. And I'm going to be nice to people in stores. I'm just going to because I hate it when people are having a rough day and they treat me funky. You ever gone through and someone's just treating you rough? You're like, what? Is, did I miss something? Did I, did I offend you? I, I've actually almost said, never have. I'm like, do I look like your ex? Or, really, I've had people be so rude to me that I'm looking around going, did I miss something? If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I'm going to tell you this right now, though. Regardless of personality, regardless of giftings, you've been called to be kind. That's a fruit of the Spirit. So, oh, well, I, or I'm, I'm not good in that area. Yeah, but we've been called to be kind and excellent as a whole. I'm not going to be great at everything, but there will be some things I'm better at than others. But as a whole, I'm called to be kind. I'm called to do my best. I'm called to be a good example. I'm called to bring glory to God. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, oh, man, go, just go all out. Give generously. Some people say, well, I don't give the tithe because I'm not called to give. No, everybody's called to give the tithe and offering. But some, they just do. Some just, they just give all the time. They're just giving all the time. And it's extra and over the top. You say, wow, that's amazing. Well, that's their gift. That's like a ministry of helps. They're giving. So, man, keep giving generously if that's one of your gifts. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility what? Seriously. Hmm. And look at this. Now, I just said that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, right? But there are those who are extra kind. Extra charming and kind. Say, well... See, there's just some that are gifted. The rest of us should be rude as believers. No, no. There's just some that are extra cool, extra charming. That's great. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What, are, what do we get out of all this? Take it seriously. Do it gladly. Do it well. Are you with me? 
Let me reverse that. Do it well, take it seriously, do it gladly. Let me say it again. Do it well, take it seriously, and do it gladly. That's all kinds of shades of meaning going on there, and that is great. If you have a gift for showing kindness, do it. If you're going to do it, then do it, right? If you got the gift, use it. All right, let's move on. And remember, there are those who are gifted that don't practice their gifting. You ever met people like that? They may be good at basketball, but they practice once a year. I, I remember a kid back in the day, he said, man, I want to go to the NBA. He never played basketball, though. How do, you, how do you go to play professional ball if you don't practice? Use the gift that God has given you, right? Don't just pretend to love others. <laughs> really love them. That's good. That's good. Hate what is wrong. Never said hate people. Hate what is wrong. You can hate the sin in people's lives. You can hate... I've had people say that before. say, man, I hate what you're doing because that's wrong. That's great. Hate what is wrong. Hold, <coughs> excuse me. Hold tightly to what is good. Hold tightly to what is good. All right, let's keep going. I think I'm going to wrap it up with this one. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. I think this church has done that well always. We really love each other here, don't we? Sunday we had, I don't know how about, like 80-something people in the sanctuary on Sunday. This is not a giant church. We, we got probably 20 or less than 20 here tonight. But I'll tell you something that we take seriously here is that we, love each, we truly love each other. We really love each other. And we take delight in honoring each other. What is honor? Treating each other right. Putting others before yourself. Helping others. Treating them like they matter. Another verse in Scripture in the New Testament says, respect everyone. Maybe you've said it before, and others have said it, and it sounds good, but it's not scriptural. It said, man, you've got to earn my respect. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says treat everyone with respect, whether they deserve it or not. You say, man, that school teacher, they don't teach me right. They don't do this. They Treat them with respect. That all goes back to this. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Are there any questions tonight before we pray? I love asking you that because you are not going to ask any questions. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes if you would, please. We're going to pray together. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. I want you to go out of your way tomorrow to just be kind to someone. Practice it. The more you practice it, the better you will be at doing that. Say, I don't know if that's my gifting. Well, find out. You will never know until you try. Start serving. Start encouraging. Start being kind to people. You are called as a believer to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, regardless of personality, regardless of background, regardless of how your day is going. You are called to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice tonight who would say, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. Is there anyone in this house who matches that description? Would you raise your hand, please? If not, we'll pray it together so those on the live stream on YouTube and Facebook can hear us tonight. Okay, and pray along with us. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry for my sin. I know my sin has separated me from you. I'm so sorry. Forgive me, Lord. See, I confess and believe 
that Jesus is Lord. He is my Lord. And I believe Jesus died and rose again to save me and to cleanse me of my sin. I believe. Say, save me, Lord. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you tonight. Father, I thank you for your people. Thank you for their lives, their hunger for holiness, their hunger for for walking with you, their desire to serve, their desire to be kind, their desire to give, their desire to make themselves available for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for your people, their willing hearts, their humble attitudes, and the way they listen tonight to your word. We bless your name and we thank you. I thank you that the rest of their week is blessed. And Lord, every day, give us opportunities to share our faith because it matters. We've been commissioned. Go into the world and teach them in my name. Jesus said, go into the world and preach. Say, man, preach. I'm not a preacher. No, but you can talk. You can share your faith with people. Invite them to church. Tell them about Jesus. Give them your testimony, your good news. Thank you for the opportunity to proclaim your goodness, God, to others. We give you glory tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.